From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. All right, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock with you on this Monday edition of the Sports Fan. Joining me is Nelsonville Yorkie Athletic Director Jay Klein. And Jay, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Carl. So obviously last year you guys had a really successful uh, year, had three TVC titles in football, volleyball, and also girls basketball. Boys basketball had a very successful season, over 500 for the first time since 2015. Uh you also had sent boys to track in uh, the 4x200-meter relay going to state. Uh, how do you capitalize on that momentum rolling over to the next school year? Well, first I want to give credit to our uh, athletes. They work, they work extremely hard. We've got great facilities for them to uh, uh, practice and, and to get better at, and they put the time in. Uh, they put a great amount of time. They have a, a super amount of pride uh, at Nelsonville, York. And um, I think that, um, you know, we just keep the ball rolling year to year. We say tradition never takes a year off, and we feel like we've got great tradition. We're trying to build some of our other programs, but, of course, in the ones that you mentioned, um, it, it comes down to that uh, one class after another rolls into another, and that tradition moves on. Talking about building tradition, uh, I think the best example of that would be the boys' basketball team. And obviously, Blaine Gabriel have been doing a great job uh, with that team, building up, building that up. Now, it'll be his fifth season this year. You know, how, how much confidence does that give you as an athletic director to look and see how a team that traditionally at Nelsonville, York, you know, hasn't been the best in basketball be built up to what it is now. Well, we're very pleased to the direction that that's going. And, uh, uh, coach Gabriel's given us uh, stability. Um, and, uh, we, we look forward to, uh, continuing to make strides. Uh, sometimes in, you know, in the past we've been, uh, uh, up and down and it seems like everybody always remembers the downs instead of the ups. But we've had some uh, some good teams, and we're looking forward to more uh, under Coach Gabriel and his tutelage. He's done a great job with the, with our teams, and uh, that's one place that I think that we can make some uh, continue to make some great strides. Uh, we're we're trying to do it with other programs too that have been weaker in the past, like our golf and our cross country, and uh, we're really excited about uh, not only keeping the tradition going in our sports that we're traditionally good with, but also building other programs. Making sure that Nelsonville York isn't just a football or a volleyball or girls basketball school. Right, and I don't think you know a lot of people would like to put you in that uh, you know, pigeonhole you in that kind of thing, but we. Uh, 
We really, uh, you know, in Nelsonville, York, everybody thinks football, football, football. But I'll tell you, one of the things that have been really great at our school over the past 20 years is our girl athletes. We've had uh, uh, some just fantastic girl athletes over the past 20 years and great teams and great tradition uh, that's built there. And our girls coaches, Wayne Dickin in um, volleyball, Mark Truax uh, in basketball, and uh, Noah Watkins uh, with our track team. Uh, Coach Dickin with our softball team. All of our girls uh, have been uh, – uh, uh, they, they work hard, and our coaches have pushed them to a place where we feel that those programs are starting to stabilize quite a bit too. And obviously, you know, football is football at Nelsonville, York. And, uh, you know, how exciting is it to be getting back into another football season? Well, it's always exciting. It's the best time of year around here, in my opinion. Um, it's the best weather we get uh, once the football season starts rolling. And uh, there's nothing like a Friday night in southeastern Ohio. And I feel like there's not anything like a Friday night at Boston Field and, and, uh, uh, at the Nelsonville York High School. Now, I've heard uh, you guys are got some uh, improvements going around as well and some improvement projects. Yeah, we do. Um, you know, it's been spearheaded by our superintendent, uh, Rick Edwards, and um, um, our building uh, and grounds committee, which is uh, on our school board, Gary Edwards and Dave Klein. And uh, they've done a tremendous job of, 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 first of all, finding the finances to be able to do these kind of things. And secondly, then the design and the execution of the plan has been as such that um, – uh, we feel like we have some of the finest fil- facilities, if not the best facilities, in southeastern Ohio. We've got a new uh, football field that's down now and is beautiful. Um, we're so happy with that. I was by the high school today. The old track's coming up, and uh, we'll have a new track uh, down within the next uh, probably four to six weeks, uh, hopefully right before football season begins. And um, we got uh, a, a new practice field that's going to be up by our elementary, which is going to be utilized by not only our elementary students, but by our youth football program and our junior high program. Uh, a lot of good things going on in that area at Nelsonville, York, and uh, we're very proud of our facilities. Uh, absolutely. Uh, looking at some bigger things across the state, uh, obviously one of the bigger th- question marks uh, during this uh, off-season period is what exactly is going on with the RPI and tournaments are uh, the OHSA or uh, the Martin RPI releasing that statement about uh, the OHSA going to uh, full computer rankings for not just football like what how they do now but uh basketball and possibly other sports in the future what are your thoughts on that and do you feel that uh the ohsa is getting a good representation of what athletic directors around the state want i i think that they're 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 in touch somewhat i I, you know being a coach in the past uh i have some ideas of of what uh, some of those processes are like when it comes to seeding of course, for football, it's always been, you know, down the line with the computer rankings, which, um, you know, have have worked out well in that sport, I believe, over the years. And we're talking about 50 years now of kind of that kind of stuff going on. And now putting it into basketball and maybe other sports, I think it takes out some of the um, biases that can happen when it comes to uh, of seeding and voting. Uh, 
no matter how I believe uh, in coaches integrity but no how no matter how much integrity they have every person and every coach will still have a bias and sometimes you'll get some collusion going on and you may be um, just as an example when we go down to um, um, Jackson we have our district meeting for basketball and I've been in many of those meetings and you get TVC schools and you get SOC schools and you get uh, all different leagues coming in to vote and uh, what will happen is sometimes you get some people that kind of uh, they form an alliance or a union and uh, that may skew the uh, seating a little bit. I think that this computer uh, will erase some of those biases. Absolutely. And do you? Uh, how do you think they should go about it? Do you think? Would you think Max Preps would be a good uh, source for that? Should they stick around with some uh, something more local, or what, what do you? Do you think they should just go uh, straight like how they do with basketball, where you rank them by division and then how many points they have with division or football? Excuse me, uh, with basketball, should they transfer well, that? Well, I, I do like that model that you just mentioned there because I think that it gives you're, you're basically given points based on on the size of the school and if you defeat them and um in basketball sometimes that's a, a something that you may want to take into consideration when the, you might want to throw in and like a strength of schedule kind of thing because um you know that in in, in basketball you you know you can play all those non-league games and some people will play uh maybe not as strong of a non-league schedule and and i don't want necessarily to see them be rewarded because somebody else played a tougher non-league schedule that they maybe didn't win as many games that that makes it kind of a crapshoot when it comes like that but maybe they can put in some sort of balancing factor through strength of schedule and that kind of stuff i know a perfect example of that would be uh the highland hawks last year uh defeating Nell or defeating federal hawking and the sweet 16 for basketball but they had eight losses and those eight losses were teams that were d1 d2 teams richmond heights which is by far you know the best team in division four in basketball and they have been for the last few years so i definitely i do think that they need to add a little bit of a strength of schedule uh in with that another thing you talked about uh the tvc and the soc kind of forming alliances and stuff uh at the district meetings uh, one of the bigger things in the tri-valley conference this year and albeit it's in the hawking is uh south gallia moving to the soc and the soc uh splitting into three divisions uh I'm wondering, you know, what does that mean for the TVC as a whole, and what direction could you see the TVC going in in the future? Well, that's a good question, uh, Carl. Um, we've been at this uh, now for a long time in the TVC. Uh, a lot of people have petitioned uh, the league to try to get in. In the past, uh, some other schools, uh, you know, some Warrens and Logans, and we've got a lot of different petitions that have been turned down. But now we're starting to contract as a league somewhat. Um, I know that, uh, you know, Wahama is gone now, South Gallia um, on their way out, and um, Federal Hockey not having a football team, Belpre hanging on to their football team. So I don't know what football is going to look like in the TVC Hawking. That's a concern. Um, I don't know. I, I always was the the person that loved the model of the three divisions because I know Nel you know Nelsonville York is uh, the smallest school I'll say that again Nelsonville mm -hmm. York is the smallest school by far in the TVC Ohio 
we compete at a higher level than that. We're proud of that fact. But sometimes it does uh, hinder us in other uh, areas, uh, other sports, where it becomes a numbers game. Um, we'd like to see us have more solid ground, more fair competition in some of those other sports. Uh, it's something that's going to have to be discussed and looked at quite a bit. You can't keep contracting and um, keep this two-division format, the Ohio and the Hawking. So it either at some point we've got to invite some people in, break into three, or uh, we need to find the exact right uh, size of school to fit back in the Hawking, which is going to be very difficult to do. And Or uh, number three, we take everybody and put them in one league like we did in the past. I mean, uh, we didn't switch over to a two-division league until 19, um, I want to say it was 96, okay? Sounds about right. Yeah, somewhere right in there. I'm, I see, I'm, I've been around a long time, Carl. I remember these things. And maybe we go back to one, one league. There's going to be a lot of opinions. There's going to be a lot of discussion on this. Every school has their different perspective and different angle. And uh, I, you would like to be a fly on the wall once those athletic directors, and not only them, but the principals who are the board of control for the TVC, uh, get together and these things, these conversations start happening. Absolutely. I mean, one something that I think could possibly work, especially with uh, the hawking, is maybe perhaps a – one division for football and then everything else still split into the Hawking and the Ohio. I, I think that could be something, a model that could work well. It might be. Now, I, I do want to mention this. This is a, something that it's one of my perspectives, one of my opinions. So I, I worry about football more than any other sport. It's the most physical game. It's the most. It's a collision sport, not a contact sport. It's a collision sport. Therefore, when you have bigger schools going against smaller schools, there is a there is a safety factor. It's one of the reasons why I'm totally against this uh, the OHSAA expansion of the playoffs to 16 teams. Mm -hmm. I don't like the fact that a 16 seed will will end up going on the road to a number one powerhouse school in the first uh, round of the playoffs. And have to play them because I don't think that that's in the best interest of the uh, kids' safety, of the athletes' safety. And and you look at some of the scores of those games. I mean, even last year with you guys, uh, two versus fifteen game against Grove City Christian. Even though they put up a pretty good fight, I mean, they still lose fifty-five to seven. Look at uh, Megs taking on Harvest Prep last year. Uh, I mean, you even saw some schools in uh, Division Seven, Region Twenty-eight, down in the southwestern part of the state. They just completely said, no, we don't want to be in part in the playoffs because they were lining up to go up against Marion Local. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Carl. And I don't, that's the only problem that I have with this is that, um, uh, you know, the playoffs should be a reward. If you're sending 16 out of your 27 teams to the playoffs, I don't know what kind of reward that is. And then you're saying, hey, congratulations, you made the playoffs. You're the 16th seed. You get to go play Ironton at a Tank Stadium uh, for your first round game. We know you have no chance, but hey, good luck and congratulations. Yeah. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think it's going to be something that's ever going to be contracted down. Because, Probably well, not. Truthfully, the OHSA is making too much money from that to uh, contract it down. But it, it's still something to where you got to find a workaround. Because for the bigger divisions, you do see a few of those upsets. Uh, I think a little Miami, I believe that's Division Two. Uh, they upset 
a two seed as a 15 seed. But you're not going to see that in these smaller smaller divisions. The farther down you go, I agree with you. I totally agree with that 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 point right there. Looking uh, look uh, going back to just your school, are there any events uh, coming up this uh, fall or even into the winter that you guys are really excited for? Well, um, we always have great excitement on any Friday night. But I can tell you a couple things about our schedule that is different this year. Uh, first of all, we're playing Bexley on a Thursday night instead of a Friday night, okay? Bexley is a predominantly Jewish uh, community and school, and I believe that uh, one of their Jewish holidays is on Friday of that week, so after sundown they can't participate Mm -hmm. on that day. So we're playing them on Thursday night at, at Boston Field. So we'll have a Thursday night game there. Another thing, we uh, traditionally have our um, Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremonies on a Friday night uh, before the game. That's going to be against uh, River Valley in our, I think it's week, uh, that may be week five, four or five. And then uh, also on that night, uh, not confirmed yet, but uh, we may have a special surprise in the parking lot um, with a military um, arrival of a Black Hawk uh, helicopter. That's not confirmed yet, but uh, that's something that's in the works, and we're hoping that that comes to pass because that would be a neat event. Oh, that would be absolutely sweet to see that. I I mean, those those helicopters are serious stuff. I yes, mean, I serious. remember seeing a few at the air show to have one, you know, just land in the parking lot. That'd be incredible. It certainly would. And we've got to thank uh, one of our uh, community members, uh, Andy Stone, who is uh, involved with the military that uh, may be able to put that together. Not a done deal yet, though. Be, hopefully that is something that can get done, though. Uh, Jay Clyde, thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll take a timeout. When we come back, we're going to talk uh, Reds baseball, the draft going on here as you're listening to WATH. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, weekdays at 530 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Robotic technology, minimally invasive procedures, custom joint replacement, and 3D imaging. These are advanced surgical procedures available at Holzer. Our game-changing advancements provide quality outcomes, which means you return to living your life sooner. With Mako and Da Vinci Robotics, we are taking surgical care to the next level. Think Holzer first. Family dinners, game nights, and holiday parties, it all happens at home. In the Ohio Housing Finance Agency, Departments of Commerce and Insurance want to help Ohioans realize the dream of home ownership. Visit myohiohome.org for more information on how to find a real estate agent, down payment assistance, and more. If you're ready to buy a home, help is available. Visit myohiohome.org. Home ownership. Make it a part of your future. Sponsored by the Ohio Housing Finance Agency and aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Local teams, local opinions, the sports fan on 970 WATH. This is a sports fan, Carl Blaylock with you from the WATH studios. Thanks to Jay Klein for coming in, Nelsonville, York, athletic director, and uh, always great to talk with uh, him. And we're also going to have another guest uh, later in the week. We're going to have. Athens Athletic Director Eric Schultes, he's going to come in on Wednesday and uh, 
well, not technically part of Athens. We have another big thing uh, to announce as we are going to broadcast uh, the American Legion State Tournament as Athens Post 11. I believe it's Post 11. Let me double check and make sure on that. But Athens has made the state tournament and now excuse me post 21 post 21 athens post 21 for the american legion but still uh, absolutely great for athens they've made the state junior tournament uh, for the American Legion. That's up at uh, uh, Beaver Field up in Lancaster, and we will be having coverage of that. Uh, all of Athens's games, we'll have coverage of that. That starts Thursday at noon. And obviously we'll have a bunch of sponsors to thank for that, and we will thank them in due time. But absolutely great to be able to bring you Athens Summer Baseball. You know, especially when the team is that good. It, it is great to be able to bring that on the air. And there's great quality baseball around southeastern Ohio. Obviously, last night, round one of the MLB draft, uh, you had a Cambridge, Ohio native, uh, John Glenn High School's Colt Emerson getting drafted in the first round by the Seattle Mariners, pick 22. That's an absolutely great great for southeastern ohio and emerson he, he, he's a very good baseball player and pretty good at football as well uh let's look at the reds picks as they have uh they have uh started off with a great pick with rhett louder uh pitcher out of wake forest and i mean it it's uh he, he showed a lot of success. Obviously, myself and Jacob Mata, we watched a ton of college baseball down to the College World Series, and Rhett Lauder was part of that incredible Wake Forest pitching staff. And, I mean, just look at what he did in his final collegiate game, that incredible game three between himself and uh, the number one overall pick in this draft who went to the Pirates, Paul Skeens. Uh, I mean, both... Both pitchers were really good, but Louder, he he has about three or four pitches already. He he looks like a very solid player, um, and so that is a great pick for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, they also that was with the seventh pick in the draft. I mean, Louder's two-time ACC Pitcher of the Year, and he he should be up there pretty quickly. It shouldn't take him too long to get up there uh and pick 38 the uh, competitive balance round a uh the reds took lsu pitcher ty floyd uh he had a very solid game in game one of the college world series struck out 10 florida batters in lsu's victory and i mean if if he can continue that i think i've seen a, a bit of reports that the reds kind of want him more in a relief role uh, he has had a little bit of struggle with control the farther he's gone into games. But, you know, that's something that the Reds organization, they've shown they've had pretty good pitching. Uh, they're pretty good at developing pitchers, especially when it comes to length and such. Developing pitches has been a little bit of a struggle, but Floyd has uh, another, again, quite a few pitches. And it kind of is indicative of what the Reds strategy as a whole has been for a lot of this draft is 
they're going for a lot of collegiate arms that can help them sooner rather than later. Because you got to remember, this Reds team is starting to have a competitive window that is wide open. And one of the weaker things that they have is starting pitching. And when you can bring in pitchers like Rhett Lauder and Ty Floyd that they can be up they can be up to the major leagues by 2025 that's right in the middle of your competitive window then you don't have to worry about you know we've talked about it over the last month or so on this show you about the reds needing to trade for a pitcher and what to do with the trade deadline you don't have to trade for a pitcher when you have a lot of homegrown products uh that are coming up and you know that's something that again the reds are doing uh, look at their third round draft pick they picked uh, hunter holland a left-handed pitcher out of arkansas i saw some reports that you know he was the best left-handed pitcher in the draft when you're drafting these college arms that you know might need a few tweaks but they should rocket through the minor leagues up to the major league roster that's that's really smart move and i have really been impressed with nick crawl uh you know obviously everyone questioned his moves back in 2021 and 2022 uh you know you're gonna have that when you have a fire sale of some of the best uh you know some of the best players off of a competitive team that was only about you know was vying for a, a playoff spot most of the year uh, but it's worked out incredibly well in their favor we got some great prospects um, in several different trades and they're making big league contributions Spencer Steer um, uh, Novell Marte in the minor leagues and Christian Encarnacion Strand like these are big big names that you know what the Reds are using to their best potential at the moment and so if the Reds can continue that it's it's going to be a very fun time to be a Reds fan uh looking at uh their second round pick Sammy Straffa uh he's a shortstop out of uh New York he got picked out of Walter Panis High School uh, he, uh, you know, you can't tell too much with, uh, you know, players out of high school. But he was the Gatorade New York Baseball Player of the Year, and I, he's the best player available on the board. Some other draft picks the Reds made. Uh, Cole Schoenwetter, a uh, right-handed pitcher out of San Marcos High School. In the fifth round, uh, they picked Connor Burns, a catcher from Long Beach State. Uh, sixth round, Ethan O'Donnell, an outfielder from Virginia. And I believe that's the only picks they've made so far. Uh, round 7 through 20 are tomorrow. But that's that's a pretty solid haul right now for the Reds. And uh, if they can continue that, they need that. I will say the pitching has starting to, started to... Uh, developed pretty well, and you saw that in yesterday's game. Uh, the Reds falling to the Brewers one to nothing, but they've really, and it's really just been a cobblestone amount of pitchers, but it's worked out for the Reds because when you look at uh, when you look at the fact that you're getting pretty good outings from. Luke Weaver and Ben Lively. When when you're getting good outings out of the people, you're really kind of scraping off the bottom of the barrel with. 
if we're being honest with Luke Weaver and Ben Lively, that's impressive. And Lively, that was his first start off of the uh, injured list. He, he was held to only 75 pitches, but he got through five and two-thirds, only gave up one earned run, struck out five, and only allowed four hits. That's really solid. So, I mean, when, when you when you could have pitch uh, pitching outings with that, it's great. And obviously, you know, kind of bad luck going up against former Red Wade Miley, who we know how good he is. He threw a no-hitter for us, so... But the one thing that the Reds are struggling with at the moment is you've got, you've got a bunch of players kind of getting into slumps. And the, the big stat from yesterday's game uh, that cost the Reds, they were 0 for 9 with runners in scoring position. And, and that's tough. When you only have six total bases the entire game, and then, you know, that's not great in itself. But then, when you can get runners in scoring position and you can't do anything with it, that's tough. That's a tough way uh, to lose that ball game, and you know that's how they lost the game yesterday. That's something that they're going to have to shore up. They still do have a one-game lead in the division, but uh, you gotta you gotta be able to uh, you gotta be able to get runners home and it hasn't been a problem for most of the year but they still have players in the wrong spot i feel like uh for example jonathan india jonathan india needs to get out of that third spot he had one good game on the fourth of july but he's just not looked comfortable in that third spot uh move him back to the leadoff position move him somewhere else but i i i don't see the benefit of having jonathan india batting third at the moment but i mean this reds team is going to continue to fight back and such and it was a little bit of a a frustrating series on especially friday and uh sunday but even even friday i mean that game felt like it was over and then the reds started coming back and they took it down to the last batter and uh, you know obviously some umpiring was not great i mean I, i i've seen so many times especially with the reds where they're calling strikes that are about I'd say about six, eight inches off the plate. Like, they're obviously not strikes. They're to the outside, and they're calling them like it's the 1990s. It it, it was rough. The uh, umpire scorecard from Friday's game was rough. So, but you had great excitement on Saturday. Ellie De La Cruz, I, I, I called my dad. Uh, after he did this. And I remember sitting there and I talked to my dad and my dad will join us here in a a little bit as uh, we're going to fill out the Immaculate Grid in the next segment. But when you can sit there, nobody, like it's the first time in like a hundred years that somebody has stolen first or stolen second, third, and home in the same batter. It's insane. It's opportune base running. But Ellie De La Cruz is what we thought Billy Hamilton might be. And the more I more I think about it. Like Billy Hamilton, we thought we'd have this great hitter with speed. Like even Ellie, all I saw really with Ellie was the power numbers. But even without the power numbers, the speed, he, he, he might be better than Pete. He might be better than Pete Rose. And I understand how crazy of a, uh, of a say that might be that, that that that's crazy to say that 
but I firmly believe he might end up being better. I uh, he, he's doing things that you know Pete could never do, and I it, it, it's going to be interesting to see where his career ends up being. But uh, I don't know. He could be better. He, he could be better with just the electricity that he brings and the way he's changed this team. This team was kind of, I mean, it was still kind of fun, but it was kind of middling in the mud. And since he's come back, I mean, this is the first time the Reds have lost a road series since they since Ellie's came back. Ellie's not lost 10 games in a Reds uniform, I don't think. I don't think. I'd have to double-check that to make sure, but I think he's only lost like eight or nine, and, and that's insane. Uh, you just got to look at the Atlanta game to just see the electricity that Ellie De La Cruz brings. So we'll see. I mean, we got a really important series this weekend, Brewers and the Reds, and you can hear that right here on WATH. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, uh, my dad will join us, and we'll fill out the Immaculate Grid here on WATH. It's the Sports Fan. Here's what's going on. It's the 73rd annual Amesville Firemen's Festival happening on Friday, July 21st and Saturday, July 22nd. There will be multiple exciting events such as the Cole Cave Hollow Boys playing at 7 p.m. on Friday. On Saturday, some of the activities include a craft show and Chinese auction, a car show at 4 p.m., a parade at 5 p.m. with lineups starting at 4.30 at the elementary school, a kiddie tractor pull at 6 p.m., and a musical performance by Eric Atkinson at 7 p.m. There will also be a gun show with a cash drawing. There will be many games for the kids and multiple concessions. The festival closes both nights at 10 p.m., so make sure to attend the 73rd annual Amesville Firemen's Festival on July 21st and 22nd. That's what's happening on Pure Rock 105 WXTQ and 970 WATH 97.3 FM. The Ohio Constitution is sacred. It's what protects our fundamental freedoms and our right to decide what's right for our families. But there is a proposed amendment on the ballot this August called Issue 1 that would permanently cut out our rights from the Ohio Constitution. Issue 1 ends majority rule in Ohio, undermining the American principle of one person, one vote, shredding the idea that we the people decide what happens here. Special interests spent millions lobbying corrupt politicians to call this August special election. They're trying to sneak Issue 1 by us and hope no one will notice. Why? Because Issue 1 strips rights away from us to hand them more power and control. But you can stop them if you vote no. Protect our rights and the freedom to make our own decisions here in Ohio. On Tuesday, August 8th, vote no on Issue 1. Paid for by one person, one vote. Now, for more of the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. This is the Sports Fan. Carl Blaylock, and I'm joined by my dad, Carson Blaylock. Dad, you there? Yes, I am. All righty. It's time to fill out the Immaculate Grid. If you uh, have not been listening, uh, we have been doing these grids pretty much every single day for about the last uh well we've been doing it for about a month now haven't we uh it's about three weeks three weeks three weeks uh but pretty much 
we have to fill out uh, a player that fits every single square on it. They've got different teams and uh, awards. Today's, you have Boston, Cleveland, and winner of the Cy Young on the top. And on the side, the Cubs, the Twins, and 3,000 career strikeouts. So, uh, let's see. Let's start first with... uh, well, let's start first with uh, Boston and Chicago. I know John Lester. John Lester played for both those teams. Did they ever win a Cy Young with Chicago? I don't think he did with Chicago. I think we're pretty safe to put him on there then. So yeah, I'll put John Lester on for Cubs and uh Cubs and Red Sox. And then for the Cubs, Cy Young. I know Jake Arrieta won one with the Cubs, and I don't think he ever played for the Twins or the Guardians. So I would put him down, then. Yep, that's another that's another safe one, Jake Arrieta. I didn't realize he, he's done it after 2021. I didn't realize that. Uh, for Boston, 3,000 career strikeouts. Roger Clemens seems like the obvious answer. I would go ahead and go with that, unless you... Well, we don't have to get a Cy Young one. Nope, yeah. not not for not for <laughs> not for Boston. So, yep, Roger Clemens, uh, and then Boston and uh, Minnesota. Well, we'll go with the obvious answer for this one. David go Ortiz. Ahead. I guess we I, we probably could put Joe Nathan on there, but we'll go Ortiz. Um, for uh, Cleveland, three thousand career strikeouts. Uh, C.C. Sabathia, Sabathia, I think, is the name that comes to mind for me. Gaylord Perry. He played for Cleveland, didn't he? Yeah. I, for some reason, I feel like I feel like he didn't get to three thousand strikeouts, though. He sure had a good spitball. Well, he did, but <laughs> <laughs> I know he did, but I, I think they finally got wise to the act, and I, I don't, th- I don't think he got it. I'm going to put CC because I know CC has, okay, and ahead. he has. Uh, I'll, I'll double check and see. We'll look at that in a second to see if he did. Um, for Twins, Cy Young. That one, I'm not sure. Think of them offhand. Um, they probably won it when they wasn't the twin. Well, you you have to yeah, have it with the with the awards. Yeah. I know. I know. Uh uh. Hmm. Maybe we come back to that one. Dwight Wilhelm was a uh, reliever, wasn't he? Dwight Wilhelm? I, no, yeah. Hoyt, Hoyt Wilhelm. Nope. I that I don't know. <laughs> I think, well, yeah. I'm sorry. But I think he was a reliever, so but he was a big name pitcher back in the day. I'm sure. Um, for for Twins Guardians, I'm thinking Travis Hafner played for both, didn't he? I would think. I think he did. I think he did. I mean, that, that's that's a pulling deep one, but Nothing. he did not. He did not. Oh, he wow. did not. Okay. That's surprising. Uh, Guardians Cubs. Hmm. That that was a tough one as well. I want to say. 
do you want to say? I can't think of anybody, but I'm trying to think. No, he didn't. Got to be somebody. Yeah, there has to be somebody. I mean, those are two t- two two teams that have been around since the 1910s. Mm-hmm. Um. Hmm. Uh, did Jan Gomes end up with the Cubs? No, he ended up with the Nationals. Think who? Uh, oh, jeez. There's. I'm thinking Chris Gamble, but I go. It's a better guess than what I have. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know. Um, with as many pitchers as Cleveland's had, it seems like we figure out a pitcher that did. But yeah, uh, did Bartolo ever play for Chicago? Played for everybody, but I mean, I know, I know he played for the Mets. I know he played Rangers. for Cleveland, the Mets, Rangers, the Rangers. Um, I feel like he might have played for the Cubs and uh, I think he played for the Red Sox at some point too. I, I think he found. He, I mean, Anderson? He, hmm. Did Anderson? Which Anderson? Um. Oh, the one with the relief pitcher. I can't think of any relief An- Andersons. Re- I thought it was an Anderson who was a relief pitcher. I go. No, Andrew Miller? Is Andrew that who you're thinking? Yeah, that's who you're thinking. Um, I, I don't think he ever played for the Cubs. I know he ended up, he, well, he played for the Yankees. I was looking at, at it the other day because uh, I was talking about it with uh, our local Yankees fan, Ethan Sargent. I, he, he, he played for... Uh, he played for the Yankees, then he got traded from the Yankees to the Guardians. Uh, and he played for the Cardinals as well, but I, I don't remember. I don't think he ever played for the Cubs. Probably the Cardinals is what I'm thinking of. Yeah. Um, I just remember the Reds playing against him. Yeah. Yeah, he played He played for the Cardinals, I'm pretty sure. Uh, maybe we go down to 3,000 career strikeouts and Cy Young. Uh, should we go with Maddox, maybe, for that? For the Cubs? No, no, no. For, uh, no, for, uh, 3,000 strikeouts and, uh, Cy Young. We can go with anybody that has the Cy Young? Cy Young, uh, that has a Cy Young and 3,000 strikeouts. I thought we did with Steve Carlton last time, so... Do we want to go Steve Carlton again? We don't want to go Nolan Ryan. Oh, we know that. We know that, yeah. <laughs> We're gonna use Roger Clemens Clemens. Yeah, we'll put we'll put Carlton. Four percent, Dad, so we'll get we'll get a good <laughs> that'll be our one thing that we'll have good on the uh Yeah, I know. That's why I did it. Uh uh-uh, on the rarity <laughs> score. Uh two guesses left. Uh we have Cubs Guardians, Twins Guardians, and Twins Cy Young. Twins Guardians. Um, oh shoot! Um, Edwin. 
Edwin. Yeah, yeah Edwin Encarnacion. Pretty sure he played for both. He didn't. He played for the Reds. Well, he played for the Reds, but I thought he ended up on the Twins at some point. No. Hmm. So we got one guest left. Um. What do we got left? Uh, Cubs Guardians, Twins Guardians, and Twins Cy Young. Twins Cy Young. Who who was good pitchers on their 1990 team? They didn't win the Cy Young. None of their pitchers won the Cy Young in like 1991? I don't think so. Who would have won this? Oh, jeez. I can't think of twins and pitchers who's not. <laughs> no, you don't, you don't think of very many. I mean... Well, the, oh, they had that... Um, did Joe Nathan ever win one as a closer? No. No, Joe Nathan didn't win one as a closer, I don't think. Did Joe Nathan play for the Guardians? He might have played that for Cleveland. Be, he might have played for Cleveland. Go ahead and put him down. I'll, I'll, put, I'll put him down. Joe Nathan. Oh, I misspelled Nathan. He did not. All right, let's see. We did have a good rarity score, but uh, yeah. we were just <laughs> below average. Average is 6.8. Uh, not very many people got Cubs Guardians or Guardians Twins. Uh, the top answer for um, Cubs Guardians was Jason Kipnis. He really jumped around at the end, I guess. Uh, Jim Tomey. Jim Tomey was. A, he was a twin. I thought of him, but he was a twin. Twin, yeah. I, I thought of him, but. And Johan Santana won uh, the Cy Young for the Twins. Johan Santana. Yeah. <laughs> I got that. Yeah, no. Uh, let, let, let me see. Uh, twins. Twins Cy Young. I mean, you can, you can always tell what the category is because it's, uh, it's always first thing that pops up. That many people are looking at it. Uh, let's look and see. Johan Santana, uh, he he won two Cy Youngs with them. He had a pitching triple. He had a pitching triple crown in two thousand six. Wow! Wow! We should have got him, but I don't remember. <laughs> I wasn't following baseball that much then. I was too busy taking care of a five year old. Oh yeah, that, me. Uh, <laughs> the other the, there was two other answers for that: uh, Frank Viola and Jim Perry. Jim Perry. I should have got him. Gaylord's brother. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's look quickly and see Cubs and uh, Guardians, see how many people there are for that. There's probably a bunch of them. Uh, 218. Uh, any names that I recognize? There's not really any names that I recognize. Oh, Bobby Bonds. Bobby, Bobby Bonds Bond. did. Uh, Marlon Bird. Yeah. I, he bounced around a ton. Uh, Dave Clark. Dave okay. Clark and Mark Clark. Um, none of these names look familiar. We could have gone back to the 
eight nineteen uh, tens with Wilbur Good. <laughs> uh, uh, we were, for my time, sorry. Oh, oh, we could have gone, Dad. Oof. We could have gone with the obvious answer that if we don't know, Rich Hill. Yeah. <laughs> we should have okay. put Rich Hill. We always forget to do that. Uh, uh, let's see. Who else here? Chris Chambers. Who? Chris Gamble. I haven't I got Chris Gamble. Chris Gamble. Chris Gamble. Is he on there? Uh, Jan Gomes did. Jan Gomes did? Jan Gomes did. Uh, Oscar Gamble did. Oscar Gamble. That's Oscar Gamble did. Jan Oscar Gomes Gamble. did as well. I thought he, yeah, he did, he played for the Cubs 2022 to 2023. I thought I saw Jan Gomes on there. Uh, Dave I, La- I couldn't think of his first name. Yeah, Dave Gamble. LaRoche, Sandy Martinez. Um, we probably would have got the wrong Martinez, though. Yeah, we probably would have gotten the wrong Martinez. Uh, Paul Rashul. Uh, he was one. Ah, Should have put down Jan Gomes, though. Ah, uh, that's yeah. Those are the big ones, and then you don't think of them though. No, you well. I I thought of Jan Gomes. I thought of Jan Gomes. We should have put that down. Um, uh, but eh, we didn't, and. Uh, yeah, well, we'll look and see. We'll tell you if we see any uh, big ones after the break. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Total Media Radio's Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO and Pure Rock 105 XTQFM proudly present the Rent-to-Own Homegrown Happy Hour with Ben Davis Jr., live from the porch at Raleigh Smokehouse in Jackson. Rent-to-own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr. continues this Thursday night featuring the Mid-Ohio Valley's Sour Mash String Band. If you're looking for a great evening out, come join us on the porch at Rowdy's and be a part of the musical journey while enjoying a great Rowdy Smokehouse dinner. And of course, it's happy hour, so Rowdy's will have some great drink specials too. Rent to own homegrown happy hour with Ben Davis Jr. presented this week by Globe Furniture and Mattress of Chillicothe. Quality selection and service. This Thursday, live from Rowdy's, only on Pure Rock 98.7 WYRO, Pure Rock 105 XTQFM, and around the world on the Total Media Radio app. You deserve the peace of mind that comes with affordable health insurance. Get Covered Ohio can help at no charge. Financial assistance is available and coverage is more affordable than ever. Some health insurance plans are as low as $10 or less a month. Don't wait. Open enrollment ends January 15th. Make your free appointment today by calling 833-628-4467 or visit GetCoveredOhio.org. This message is supported by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, but does not necessarily represent the official views of the U.S. government. Sponsored by the Ohio Association of Food Banks, aired by the OAB and the station. Hi, I'm Dr. Gordon Christensen. When I became a dentist, I learned how quickly poor oral health can lead to other serious health problems. And for people without access to care, these problems can spiral very quickly. I wanted to help, so I joined Dental Lifeline Network. Right now, there's a wait list for patients in need in your community. I'm asking fellow dentists who will join me in seeing one patient per year. 
To learn more, visit willyouc1.org. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. This is the Sports Fan on 970 WATH. I want to thank my dad for calling and again, Carson Blaylock. Uh, there were a few big names that we missed on that. Gio Urshela would have been a deep poll, but Bartolo uh, we, we thought about him for Cubs Guardians. We should have thought about him for Twins Guardians uh, as he played for both the Twins and the Guardians. But, uh, yeah, uh, there was, yeah. It's always interesting to look afterwards and go, wow, there, there's a few of these names we should have gotten. Um, Steve Carlton as well. I didn't realize he played for the Guardians in 87 and played for the Twins in 87 and 88. Yeah, obviously, you think of him as a Philly, I guess. Uh, Josh Donaldson was another one, which I forgot he played for the Guardians. So, yeah, there's a, there's a few names that we uh, that I should have known. But, uh, yeah, is what it is. Rich Hill also was on there because Rich Hill always is on there. Uh I wonder if it's a point to where you can always put Rich Hill down as an answer in one of those grids. But anyways, that'll wrap up the sports fan for today. Uh, not going to do a surefire hot pick because I mean, the only thing going on is the uh, home run derby tonight. Should be pretty fun to watch. But, uh, oh, big news that has just came out. Uh, Northwestern has just fired Pat Fitzgerald. That, that's good after some of the uh, – uh, there was some reporting done by the Northwestern Daily student newspaper that – it was pretty damning for Fitzgerald. Good job for Northwestern to fire him, but they should have fired him before. But we'll, we'll find out time to talk about that tomorrow here on the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Yeah.